everybody. Welcome to the kind of fun, kind of fun. Look at that. Already screwed it up. Already. Welcome to the kind of funny morning show for Friday, the 30th of March, 2018. I'm your host, Jared Petty. I have already screwed this up. We're late because of me already. I decided, you know, we got these nice planning documents for everything. So instead of having the links that we always have in there, just take those out replace them with all the text so Greg wouldn't have to dig it up. Turns out he needed all those links, so sorry we were late. By the way, who is this handsome fellow next to me? My co-host today, our special guest. Oh, I have to say my name? You Sean. could. I'm Sean Finnegan. Yeah. yeah. Sean. Well, Sean, Sean. Right. The original <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Sean Finnegan. How you doing, man? Very good. I'm very glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm very glad to have you here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sean, you're from IGN. You I do, am, yes. Yep, the old Imagine Games Network. Right. And uh, you're a producer there. I am, yeah. And uh, what's a producer do? Oh, gosh. I mean, so many things, right? Producers wear lots of hats. But the long and short of it is I work with all sorts of people to make videos. All right. So you're a video-making man. Yes. It's something you made recently that's interesting. Uh, you might recognize the Snapchat slash Instagram choose-your-own-adventure thing that went up a few days ago where Brian and Alana go to Hope County and shit hits the fan mm -hmm. and you have to go save Brian. And then you also may recognize uh, a travel show I do with Brian Altano called Fast Travel. Uh, that went up also the last week or so. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, lots of videos, really. When it came to the uh, Snapchat, Instagram stories thing, I and this is the highest compliment I can give you. I really mean this with all my heart. It brought me such joy. It was a really creative idea. I love choose your own adventure type stories. And it felt more like playing like a CDI, 3DO, American Laser Games oh, game man, yeah. that I have felt in like, as like Target Terror all over again. I was very happy. I'm very glad. I mean, we've gotten such a great feedback, or such, such great feedback from people about that. Uh, a lot of credit to the Snapchat team who pitched it and kind of came up with the concept. But, you know, if you guys want to check it out, it is on IGN.com still. We launched our own news stories product so that, you know, it didn't just disappear after yeah. 24 so hours. So it's there. You can go back and check it out, and I exactly. recommend that you do. Thank you so much for joining us this morning live. This is my first time hosting the morning show. If you can't already tell, there's been a few snafus. First off, taking all the links out of the document. Screwed that up. Second, I uh, didn't remember how to say the name of the show at the beginning. Third, managed to staple my show notes upside down on different pages. So, so you'll if be I start, him, uh, yeah, If I start reading backwards, you're gonna understand why I'm gonna keep flipping the sheet every now and then. All those things are gonna happen. Mm -hmm. You support the Kind of Funny Morning Show every day by being here, and we appreciate it. It's on iTunes, it's on SoundCloud. You can go subscribe right now, we recommend you do. You can also find it there on Spotify. You can find us on Twitch Prime. Give us your free sub. That's really important. You get emotes, you get a, emotes. Did I pronounce that correctly? Emotes, yeah, emotes. I think so. I think kind of put a weird inflection on it, like, emotes. Emoji. 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 E emoji. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Whatever happened to the word emoticons? Remember? Isn't that what it used to be? I do they remember. Used to be called? Emoticons. The emoticons were my 2014 band. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it was Jared. You named your band the Emoticons? No, but it's a good name for a band, I think. Yeah. I yeah. Were you ever in a band? I actually was. I played bass for a punk band when I was in high school. What was your band called? Chase. That's a good name. Yeah. I, uh, I've never had any musical talent. I used to be a halfway decent, like, blues harmonica player, and I'm oh not anymore yet. Of course you would yeah, be a blues a, harmonica player. That's that, so cool. That was a long time ago. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I, I always wanted to be in a punk band called Nurse Ratchet. That's uh, a really cool name. Yeah, I was really proud of that one. I thought that was, except I never learned to play an instrument. So mm. that didn't happen. Except anyway, for the harmonica. Except for the harmonica. Oh, you, got, you got punk harmonica. What's more sure. punk rock than a harmonica? Dude, it's true. I mean, look at Bob Dylan. Not that he was a punk guy, but he was very punk rock. He was very punk rock at heart. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You get the, absolutely. Although, 
frankly, Dylan, great songwriter, amazing musician, not a great harmonica player. Really? Oh, no, he's terrible. I don't know player. enough about harmonicas to really make a qualification about his harmonica playing skills, but uh, he seemed pretty good to me. Well, you need, like, that John Popper, like, Chewbacca bandolier mm. of harmonicas that mm. you can bring in. Yeah. Harmonica is actually a really cool instrument to get into and learn to play well. And, again, I was never great at, um, or even good, but I was kind of decent by the end. Right. And it's nice. You have, you have different harps for different chords, and so you can switch out for different songs. It works really well, but, but the, it's actually kind of a weird precision instrument when you play it right. I can imagine, man. I had when I was a kid. It always sounded terrible when I played it. Well, it's because <laughs> most people just kind of on all the holes, and that's fine if you're just playing like a, a long, trying to get a Bob Dylan-y sound to it, but when you're trying to do blues harp and, and trying to bend the notes and stuff, mm. you're very carefully having to, to push through. that. Now, there's no way to make this not sound gross. You're, you're tonguing. That's what they're here for. You have to tongue each of the holes a different way, <laughs> and and then you yeah that's Gross. that's yeah exactly. Yeah. And you're both you're both sucking and blowing to produce different notes and. Sounds like life skills that you could acquire. No comment <clears throat> uh, on that. Anyway, if you hop onto Twitch Prime uh, and give us your sub there, we'd really appreciate it because it helps the show. It helps uh, it helps you because you can see some really good stuff and at all etc. Today's big topic, which we will get to eventually. Ready Player One, mm. threat or menace? That's, uh, those that's are those the two are, options? The two angles, okay, yes, yes. Great. Threat or menace. <laughs> no, uh, Sean and I are going to talk about Ready Player One. We've both seen it. We have very different opinions of it. And uh, yeah. I think if, uh, if uh, you're thinking about watching it, we can maybe give you both sides of the story so you can make up your mind yeah. on whether you want to watch it. And we'll try and be spoiler-free, right? Uh, yeah, I think that when we get to light spoilers, we'll bring it up. The gotcha. last thing I want to do is ruin this movie for anybody. Oh, yeah. I also think it's going to be impossible to talk about Ready Player One without talking about some of the references. Yeah, I always want to stipulate up front whether or not we're talking about spoilers or not, because ever talked to Nick about movies, he's like, no spoilers, but spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Exactly. Like, Nick, no. stop. When we get to that section, uh, <laughs> there will be mild spoilers, not spoilers for major plot points, but spoilers for some of the references. I think that, that'll probably have to come up. Uh, yeah, and, for sure. And since this is a movie that is made out of approximately 70 trillion references, uh, I don't think we'll be taking much away exactly from Exactly 70 us. trillion. Exactly 70 trillion. No, wow, you counted? Yeah, okay. everyone. I think there were 70 million tracers in the movie. There were a lot of them. Yeah, Tracer was all over the place in the movie. <clears throat> also, our sponsor today is Hims, a new wellness brand for men, and you'll be hearing more about that later. But first, some housekeeping. Cool, Greg, how we doing? Chilling, man. We're chilling? We're doing all right here? They haven't revolted? Anybody left on the channel? Everyone's loving it. Oh, that's very kind of them. All right, housekeeping. Hey, Kind of Funny prom tickets are on sale now at kindoffunny.com slash tickets. You coming to the Kind of Funny prom? I'll be there. Yeah? Yeah. You, you, you bringing your significant other? Yep, I'll bring my girlfriend. We are coordinating our outfits right now. Oh, what do you got in mind? I mean, I don't want to spoil any of it for anyone. You're going to have it's to not, wait and It's see. not a movie, Sean. No, but we are repping the 80s. So. You're repping the 80s? Yeah. Are you both coming as Don Johnson? I mean, gosh, like I said, no spoilers. No man. spoilers. You're going to go to the, you're gonna have to go to the show and see. So Mike Drucker and I look... Exactly alike. <laughs> it's kind of freakish. Yeah, yeah. And he suggested that he and I come together as the twins from The Shining. Oh my God. Uh, that but would be so good. Unfortunately, the boy versions of the twins or yeah. like the dress and everything. No, we'd wear the dress, definitely. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's yeah. And so it'd be two creepy identical twins. But my lady put the kibosh on because she's like, you know what? We never got a prom together. You're taking oh, me to the prom, sir. Oh, sweet. Yeah. She's so like, for this, like, for you guys, this might be a real prom. It is going to kind of be a real prom. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I like about this is. Most of us, unless you married your, your high school sweetheart or something, uh, or you're still in high school, you didn't <laughs> get to go to the prom with the person you ended up spending your life with. Right. Or the person that you found that you were, you know, 
your adult loves. You didn't yeah. get to do that. And and I'm going to get to do that now. I See, think for me, really cool. like I went to prom, I just had a terrible time. All of them? Did you go to one? I went to junior prom and senior prom. Uh-huh. And both times it was just like, meh. Wasn't the right girl. We had a terrible time. I was probably a real big douche. Yeah. Let's be real. It was probably my fault. Was it your fault? Okay. Yeah, well, I'm sure. I don't know. I, Sean, have you ever, <laughs> ever been a real big douche? I mean, ask the internet. I think a lot of people would say yes. <laughs> ask Nick Scarpino. He'd probably say the same thing. That's yeah. true. Good point. All right. We're excellent there. Oh, well, that being said, I hope you'll come to the Kind of Funny Prom. I'll be there. I want to see you there. I'll be happy to dance with you. If you come, just come up. And just don't cut in. I'm a lady and I, but come by when I'm not dancing. I'll be happy to dance with you. That's right. I'm taking all comers. You want to dance? We're going to dance. That's just fine by me. The kind of funny varsity jacket is also on sale. Oh, man. It's really cute. I really want one of these. Uh, yeah, you really, maybe we can arrange that. Let's try, man. We have to find out what we can do we about that. We should show up to the prom in the varsity jacket. Okay, that is kind of rad. Yeah. Actually, that's a really cool idea. Right? Yeah. Like, what if... The group, the whole group of people showed up in the kind of funny jacket. Man, this is going to be like high school with all the bad parts right. taken out. No, but, I mean, yes. Yes, yes it that's will what be. I want. Yeah, that's exactly. kind of fantastic. Yeah. High school, rough and terrible. But varsity jackets with kind of funny logos? Oh, pretty yeah. cool. I really do. Oh, look at that. Look how pretty Greg is. Oh, he's so cute in that picture. Aw. I'm really digging like the it. Greg beard. Yeah, oh, have the we talked about great. this? I mean, I know it's been weeks since he's grown it, but like. I mean, people have never, talked about it. He'd never done it before. Yeah. And it looks very natural. Oh, it's the gray beard's perfect. Yeah. I, I really like it. I, I think honestly, uh, I was—I I don't think this will embarrass her too much. But Angie and I are sitting down the other night. She's watching, watching <laughs> me on one of the shoes. She's like, "Greg's beard's hot." <laughs> there I you was go. Like, All right, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Honestly, the hotness factor—I'm a little intimidated right now. This is Beauty and the Beast. You are so very <clears throat> pretty, oh. and I am so not. And so right now, one side of this camera, really kind of a radiant aura. Like a Radiant. halo, yeah, just something kind of so, like one of those Catholic auras, Greek Orthodox like iconography <laughs> going on here, and then the other, I'm kind of, kind of the infernal, like this little like Bashian imp, like. <laughs> Jared, I, I I imagine you like a very um, sweet teddy bear. Oh, like a teddy bear, but yeah. I'm mostly hairless. Well, you got the beard going. I do have the beard. The beard's nice. Yeah, the beard is practically the only hair I have on my body. It's a little weird. We're getting into some deep details now. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I am one bloated otter. That's right. All right. Uh, there's your quote for the day, folks. I am one bloated otter. Uh, let's play Spring Break. There we go. That's right. Even as we speak, Let's Play Spring Break has commenced in partnership with Rooster Teeth. The office here at Kind of Funny is empty right now. It's me. It's Sean Finnegan. It's cool, Greg. Let's get it. That's it. If you are planning your assault on the office, your kind of funny takeover, today is the day to do it because it is practically undefended. <laughs> We're it. There's no one to stop you from kicking down the door. This is your chance to come in and hop on camera and seize the studio for your own nefarious means because there's no one here to... Because they're all at spring break. They're off right now playing video games with lots and lots of other marvelous people having a really fun time. When you're done watching this show, you should watch the Kind of Funny Games Daily. But when you're done watching the Kind of Funny Games Daily, you should switch over and watch Spring Break all day because you can have lots and lots of fun. Kane's Daily is going to be fun today. It's going to be me and the Rogue One, Mr. Gary Widow, will be on right after this program. However, get over there after that because Let's Play Spring Break going on all day. 
Well, you want to play Let's Play Spring Break. If you were there, what were you playing? Oh, well, I mean, that, that. like, I immediately go to Smash. You immediately right? go to Smash? I love Smash. Smabara! Uh, yeah. yeah. Smash, who's your main? Lucas. Luke, okay. Yeah. So, so you actually Smash. know how to play. Uh, yeah. I play... I'm not. I wouldn't call myself good at Smash, but mm -hmm. I. Uh, that's the only fighting game that I can play with any sort of skill at all. I'm yeah. terrible at fighting games. Terrible at fighting games. Terrible. I'm also terrible at fighting games and also enjoy them. I mean, gosh, they're so fun. Like yeah. I watch Evo every year. I watch a bunch of fighting team game tournaments for a long time. I really wanted to make a documentary on FGC because yeah. I just think it's so interesting. But it doesn't help me be good at the game. <laughs> oh man, that would be a great documentary to make. Dude, I just think it's so cool, man, because like, uh, I don't know if this is the same, it's, I don't know if it's the same now, because it's probably grown a lot, but like back in the day when I lived in LA, I knew a lot of pro Street Fighter players who, they were world champions, they'd won big tournaments, but they still worked at Panda Express. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like kind of amazing in that's a way. That's kind of a cool that you life, could be, yeah. Well, just that you could be the best person in the world at this one video game and still have to work a day job. Did you it's ever just an interesting see, thing. Did you ever see Chasing Ghosts? No. Okay, so that's, um, Chasing Ghosts is kind of the dark side of King of Kong. Oh, that it's sounds a, interesting. Yeah, it's about people that have records at Twin Galaxies but are living lives more like what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all the other champions of the less prestigious games maybe or and, and what their lives are like. And so it's, it's, Interesting. It's not exactly what you're describing, but I think you'd want to watch it. Yeah, I mean, um, God, you're speaking my language. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've audience out there has seen King of Kong, but like, it's this great documentary about mm -hmm. video games and treating video games with the seriousness and the respect that that video game documentary does. Like, yeah. that's what I want to make. Well, yeah, I, I Chasing Ghost isn't as well put together. Mm -hmm. It isn't as well produced. It's not as slick. As, as King of Kong and the storytelling is not as tight, but it's got some really interesting pure documentary moments that, that, that you should check out. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting film. Also, right now, the first annual Kind of Funny Best Friend of the Show <clears throat> Tournament. <clears throat> March, but April Madness. Man, what is it with Greg and really long things that I'm gonna stumble over saying? How do you get the cadence right in that? First annual Kind of Funny Best Friend of the Show Mar Tournament, March, but April Madness. Could have been May Mayhem. <laughs> All right, just, just shut up, Greg. All right, look at that, whoever named that. Anyway, that's going on right now. It's actually a really groovy thing. So here's the rules, put it very simply. No kind of funny co-hosts, no kind of funny, you know, uh, uh, significant others, but instead lots and lots of people that kind of funny is kind of tangentially affiliated with friends of Kind of Funny, uh, whether that be uh, our buddies over at DiGiorno, whether that be Cisco, or whether that be the two gentlemen who were supposed to be duking out in the playoff game, Brian Altano and Mike Drucker, mm -hmm. who yesterday nefariously joined forces. Power move for those yeah, guys. Yeah, power move for those guys, except it upsets the entire, you know what the poll was for those two? The poll was who should win? Drucker and Altano or Drucker and Altano? Who won, Cool Greg? I think it was Drucker. And Drucker Altano. and Altano, yeah. Yeah, Drucker and Altano. Yeah, All right, yeah, there we go. That's okay. how it went. So they moved up a bracket. But right now, our next pairing, the morning pairing is out there. If you've got a kind of funny, oh, pardon me, twitter.com slash kind of funny bids, you can find Hunter Pence versus the number eight seed in his bracket, Mr. Oh, Sean man. Finnegan. Don't count me out. Sharks attack when you're least expecting it. Oh, look at that. <laughs> In reality, there's no way I beat Hunter Pence, right? Uh, but, so you got the slow clap going on here. All right. But, you know, I might be a little bit of a dark horse, you know? 
first round's happening right now. I happen to be on the show. Yeah, you, I do feel like you're definitely definitely making it. It's kind of an inside move here right now. I mean, you can look at the camera and just tell everybody here, look, Hunter Pence may be a world-class professional athlete, mm -hmm. one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Yep. Just, just, just a heart of gold and a spectacularly wonderful human being with a yeah. true sense of wonder yeah. about the universe around him. Or... Or the guy who made that Snapchat thing. The guy that made that Snapchat <laughs> that you thing. You probably didn't But see. you're right here. I can look at the camera and say, Yeah. Now, you once defeated Kind of Funny's own Kevin Coelho in a foot race. I did. Uh, at, at IGN. A foot race that's now become legend. Legend indeed. Whether, whether or not I wanted it to or not. It is a legendary foot race. Right? Yeah. Could you defeat Hunter Pence in a foot race? I mean, I'm going to go ahead and guess no. No? Like, I'm a pretty fast dude, and I would have stood a better chance when I was still in my fighting shape. Uh, but it's been years since I've been any amount of fit, and that dude is, like you pointed out, a world-class athlete. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, the chances are good. I think you're a pretty tough guy, Sean Finnegan. Thank you. I think you take care of yourself, I, I, I think, but I'm reasonably sure that Hunter Pence could pick you up and rip you in half like a phone book. Dude, the dude's like 6'5". Yeah. Like, pure muscle. Yeah. You know? Not that he would. Yeah, he would not do that. Instead, he'd be like, hey, you want to ride on my cool scooter and he'd hang out? Sooner, yeah, he'd sooner hug someone than yeah. rip them apart. What a nice Sean, dude. I know you support us on Patreon, so I know you were watching live when we did that episode of GOG where this all came up. Yeah. And as soon as they were done talking about Hunter being the winner or who they think's going to win, instantly, cool, Greg, who do you think? I'm like, nah, it's definitely Sean Finnegan. Oh, snap. I and have the kind of funny cool to be Greg against club. each other. The two people I picked at each other. So I'm saying, I think you got this, man. It's going to mm. be slow and steady, but you're going to get it. I mean, I saw some tweets out there being like, first round, first upset. Who's, you know, who knows, right? Uh, who knows? Crazier indeed. things have happened. Crazier things have happened. Uh, I'm not betting on it, but uh, <laughs> crazier things I, actually. have happened. All right, let's refresh. Let's see how it's looking right now. Once again, this is twitter.com slash kindoffunnyvids. Oh. So cool, again. Can we refresh that and see how the poll's going? See what we got here. Does it work like that? It look I don't like know. We should be able to... Uh, you should I be think able you to have check to cast the... a vote. Oh, they're not see. showing. We're not showing results yet. I think oh. you have to. I think you have to cast a vote. In oh, order oh, to see. oh, definitely. Okay, vote for Hunter, will you? Oh, okay. What I see fuck? where your heads at. We put a vote in for Hunter, please, Greg. All right. So, but the peop the people aren't supposed to hear see this, right? Oh, oh, oh I don't so know. that's why. Okay. Oh, never mind. Okay, look, I'm so. So go cast your vote. Yeah. And then let us know where the exactly. chips are falling. Oh my gosh. So go cast your vote, let us know the chips <laughs> Yeah, so that we know, because I yeah. want to know. You want to know. Just let Sean, Sean know how he's doing. Yeah, I don't know how this is working. I'm, I'm probably breaking something here. By the way, that's only the first matchup of the day. There's going to be a second one this afternoon. So you need to go back to twitch.com slash kindoffunnyvids this afternoon and vote in the second bracket. Who's it going to be? I'm not supposed to tell you. So I'm not going to. It's a secret. Yeah. It's a secret to everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do decide to generously tip today on Kind of Funny Twitch, if you want to do that, and we hope that you will, please remember that if your tip is $5 or above or 500 bits, we're going to be addressing you later on your question, your comment right here on the show a little later on this morning. So if you want to do that, hey, helps keep the lights on, helps keep the show going. Mm. Uh, it uh, does not keep us in LaCroix. That came for free. But just about everything else. So uh, we're always glad to accept your kind and generous donations to the cause of the Kind of Funny community and your entertainment at all, etc. You ready for the news? Yeah, ready. Born ready. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a Friday in the world of entertainment, in the world of television, in the world of Hollywood. You know what that means? 
Kind of a slow day. Kind of a slow day. That's right. Now, slow news day, IGN. Yeah, slow news day, IGN. When did that start? Do you know? I don't know. Probably at the very beginning of the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's just like before there was an IGN, yeah. people were already like, saying it. I wonder, I want to make a documentary, or not even a documentary, let's make it a narrative scripted short of film about the first internet troll. Oh, that'd be amazing. Right? Because oh. I, I, you and I are both like day one internet people. Yeah, right? I, was, like, I was there from the very beginning. Yeah, like yeah, I remember, yeah. you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people nowadays, they grew up with the internet just permeating their lives, but you yeah. and I are old enough to remember a time without the internet. When web crawler was the chief of all browsers. Oh, yeah, oh, and before that, Gopher. You yeah. Remember that Gopher? So I don't even remember Gopher. Okay, yeah. But yeah, like all those Pre-World Wide Web stuff, even, yeah. yeah. But just like, you know, AOL chat lines and stuff, like the corner, the kind of closed garden internet. But like, I remember kind of everyone being nice for the most part, right? There, people seemed to be excited to be there. Yeah. Now, I do remember there being grumpy people around. Well, there are always just grumpy people yeah. in the world. And there sure. were their usual number of deviants and predators, et cetera, out there, definitely. As is the case with the world. But, yes, it seemed to be a more positive place. Yeah, like people I want to know about stuff they liked. I want to know... What what compelled the person, the first troll, just to be a troll? Like, why, why? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. You know, <laughs> I think the that'd internet, be cool. The internet goes all the way back to ARPANET. And I, I remember, I think it's Colossal Cave Adventure, the predecessor to Zork, mm. that this is true about, where somebody was trying to figure out who wrote the first version of the game. Hmm. And their solution was just to email the entire internet, because you could <laughs> do that then. Wow. Yeah, you can just enter yeah. like xxx at xxx dot dot you know, yeah. and it would just email every person that had an internet, internet connection. connection, and that's how you find the guy, the guy running back, huh? Because there weren't that many people on the internet at that that's point. So amazing. Yeah, I wonder if there was like a proto troll, like was there a seventies ARPANET like troll out yeah, there? Yeah, or like just what compelled someone to be like, I'm going to get people riled up for no reason. I like know, that'd be somebody. Well, I would think about like like War of the Worlds, you know, with the the radio broadcast and. And the way that that disrupted society. I yeah. Somebody tried something so not like an that. internet thing, but maybe that's the first troll. Yeah. Do you think people know that story? I mean, I'm sure people have like tangential knowledge of it. What Jared's referring to is a 19 was it 40s radio oh, broadcast, long time ago, yeah. produced by Orson Welles, in which an alien, a fake alien invasion happens on the radio. But since the radio was kind of still a new thing and entertainment was still a new thing, a lot of people, supposedly took the broadcast as if it was real, and yeah. it kind of generated a lot of fear. Yeah, it's if you listen to the whole thing, I think it's an hour long, and the first half is sounds like a news report. Yeah. And the second half is just like a radio drama. If you kept listening, then yeah. it turned over to like a script. and But the first part's just like, I'm live, da -da 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 -da, and there's aliens landing and destroying people, and people, the story goes like, got into their cars and drove off with guns to go fight the aliens yeah. in this little town. And, and and people absolutely thought it was real. The Earth was being invaded. That might be the world's first troll. Thanks, Orson yeah. Welles. Well done, Orson Welles. Excellent. Here's the news. First story of the day. <sighs> Aquaman, Aquaman director and the IT producer team for a Tommyknockers remake. This, once again, from the Imagine Games Network. That old IGN. IGN, that's right. James Wan and Roy Lee are teaming up to make a film adaptation of Stephen King's The Tommy Knockers. Yes, I'm reading this Games Daily style because that's what I'm comfortable with. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Wan and Lee are set to produce the project via their respective companies Atomic Monster and Vertigo alongside Larry Sinitsky. Sinitsky, pardon me. The executive producer behind the 1993 Tommy Knockers TV series. Wow. Somebody really loves the Tommy Knockers. In addition to producing and helming The Conjuring movies, Juan is the director behind the upcoming Aquaman movie. Lee has produced a number of films, including last year's critically acclaimed 
horror film It, which I really enjoyed. Did you like it? Um, I thought it was pretty decent. Thought It was pretty decent. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> the Tommyknockers is a 1987 sci-fi novel by King that tells the story of a town in Maine where gas from an unearthed spacecraft transforms its inhabitants and makes some violent. It's up to one man who is unaffected by the gas because of a steel plate in his head to put a stop to the madness. Hmm. So, long live the king. That's generally where I fall the on... The Stephen just, King. Yeah, the Stephen King. Stephen King is one <clears throat> of those people that, along with Stephen Hawking or, and you know, geez, St. Paul, uh, that's had a... a, a and that's going to sound... I'm not exaggerating. That's had that kind of an effect on my life. A mm. lot of the person that I am today comes from Stephen King, and I, uh, his writing inspired and affected me in in some pretty profound ways that I'm not going to dive into here. His adaptations on film and television have been A uneven. A little shaky. <laughs> uneven. On one end, we get the Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. A fair motion picture. A shining. Shaking. We'd agree. The Shining. Yep. A genuine masterwork. Mm -hmm. Then we have, on the other end of the spectrum, maybe... Dreamcatcher. Dreamcatcher, or the Langoliers TV yeah. series, or... <laughs> I Just do, terrible movies. I do think that the Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, <clears throat> Rob Lowe, The Stand... Oh, man. ...is both awful and wonderful at the same time in a kind of a beautiful way. Which is an achievement all its own, right? To be awful but still be good in the yeah, same way yeah, like, because of its awfulness. I have watched, my wife and I watch it, I'd say every year. Uh, I think it's been two since the last time. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but we watch, we've watched it at least, and that's an, like an eight hour movie. So yeah. we've watched it many, many times. Getting back to uh, It, before we get to the Tommy Knockers. What'd you think of It? Uh, like I said, I thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. um, I really, like when I was growing up and in high school, I was a big like horror film nerd. Like every kind of like film nerd is when they're in high school. They think horror is like, oh, I'm going to be anti-mainstream. So I like horror, even though like horror is part of the mainstream, right? Yeah. Uh, but I thought like I thought it was pretty good. I thought the, like the kid actors were pretty good. I liked the plot. Uh, I just kind of thought the, the scare like factor of it was kind of one note the whole way. Like there was no sort of like ramping up to big scares. It was kind of just like... Here's a jump scare, and then like five minutes later, another jump scare, five minutes later, another mm -hmm. jump scare. And it's just the same sort of jump scare the whole time. So it was kind of one note. But, you know, better than I expected it to be. I fell in a different place. I actually bona fide loved it. Wow. Um, and for me, a lot of that was from the production challenge <clears throat> and the way they chose to approach creating a movie with so many child actors who I thought were, generally speaking, better than, than just pretty good. I, yeah. I thought they were superb. But... I can't think of a better example of child acting in a Western movie. Um, I'm well, trying that's to. That's high think. praise. I know, uh, and it's hard for me to. to e. Yeah, the kids in E.T. are really good. <laughs> that's true. Okay, well, touche, my friend. <laughs> um, I also love that they created an adult-free universe. That was maybe yeah. the most exciting part for me. There are practically nobody but kids in that movie. Yeah, I mean, the one time is when uh, you deal with. Uh, the redhead's father, mm -hmm. and that's because he ties into her fear, right. which is really cool. And Eddie's mom, yeah. uh, very, very slightly, but generally, and generally, adults are there to be a threat. Yeah. They're there to be feared or negligent, mm -hmm. and that I've not seen ever 
anything like that in a movie, and that's a, that's a storytelling challenge that Absolutely. I really appreciated the, the work on. But I, I can understand not you're, when you talk about the scares. It is mostly a jump scare film, mm -hmm. jump scare and creepy. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it has atmosphere. Yeah, it has some good atmosphere and stuff. But like I said, I wish there was some sort of like dynamism to it, like it ramp up and then lull and stuff, like a little bit more of a roller coaster as opposed to just being like kind of one note. Yeah, it is. It is. It is one long shrill. Fingernails on the chalkboard. You're either going to like that or or not be as enthralled with it. So he mm -hmm. thought it was pretty good. I thought it was absolutely great. Uh, both of us liked it. So mm -hmm. that's probably a watch, right? Yeah. You call that a Especially watch? Especially if you're into like horror films. I have a subjective personal scale of movies. I love to rate things. Uh, I, I am not one of these people that, that's allergic to reviews. I love reading reviews. I love writing reviews. Um, my scale is pretty simple, not particularly original. Bad, meh, good, great. Those are hmm. the only four ways internally I rate things. Uh, now, critically, I'll break something down 20 ways, but if I'm going to put a, put a star system on it, sure. bad, meh, good, and great. Usually don't bother with meh. <laughs> Actively avoid bad. So for me, this would be in the great. Where does it fall for you? How I rate things? On that, on that scale. Let's do oh. it on Jared's scale, because mm -hmm. I'm self-absorbed. I'm self it you're talking about. Yeah. Um, probably between meh and good. Between meh? And good. Yeah, like okay. maybe more in the meh. Ah, realm. okay. Yeah. So meh is usually a non-recommend for me. Anyway, I don't know anything about whether or not Aquaman's going to be good, but I thought it was pretty groovy. So. I have a lot of faith in James Wan as the thing. Yeah. Like, uh, one, Asian dude. Got to support my Asian brethren. Okay. Uh, two, like I really liked, I think Conjuring and Conjuring 2 are great mm -hmm. examples of like, modern horror films mm -hmm. um, with like inventive storylines and kind of interesting mechanics yeah. and stuff and great storytelling. Um, I thought he did a great job with Fast 7, Furious 7, whatever. Uh, don't hate, don't hate. We're not even going to go there. Uh, I just think he's a skilled director and I, I have, uh, you know, I have hope that it's going to be good. Because yeah. I want it to be good. Like the DC movies haven't been good so there's that kind of working against it. Yeah, the DC but, uh, movies have not been good, but you hope there'll be a breakthrough. I mean, you know, Wonder Woman's two-thirds of a good movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, gosh, like, we haven't even touched, like, I don't even want to get too deep into Wonder Woman. I thought it was okay. Uh, I recognize how important of a film it yeah. is, but I really just want one of those movies to, like, crack one out of the park. There has, I, if we're even cracking one out of the park, I just take one that was a good movie for... 110 minutes like yeah, I, yeah. if we could just get that I, I'd be but the, yeah those so we're both in agreement that that's kind of a train wreck universe and oh the universe we, for sure we don't have we don't have that Greg Miller here shouting over our shoulders that actually Justice League has well I always kind of like, have Greg Miller shouting over my shoulder that's a good point <laughs> but, okay yeah yeah, yeah the, uh, the DC Universe movies I want them to be good it hasn't happened yet yeah sorry friends. and as big as a Superman fan and Batman I mean look I'm wearing a I love the DC heroes. Oh yeah, I want to love this stuff. I like, want to love it. Ultimately, I love movies more. Yeah. And I want them to be good movies. So just because Superman's in it doesn't mean I'm going to defend it blindly if it's not a good movie. Yeah, and oh, those movies do not like Superman. They they do not like him at all. They got him more right than they have in the past couple movies in Justice League. But what if we could just get it right? Yeah, Superman like is actually right. Superman is not a cryptogram. Can I tell you something? I watch the scene from 1978 Superman where he catches Lois and then catches the helicopter maybe like once a week on YouTube. 
because filmmakers have had more time, more money, more resources, more skill, more talent, more technology, and yet no one has captured Superman better than the than Donner Superman. did in 1978. 78 Superman. Like, that might be just me looking back at it with rose-colored glasses because, like, I grew up watching that movie. But to me, like, when I hear that John Williams score... Okay, well, that score first off. Good Lord. And then she, he catches Lois, and, you know, we have this great little moment of banter, yeah. like, I've got you. And yeah. she's like, you've got me. Who's, Who's got, got you? you? And then the helicopter falls, and what do you know? He catches it it's with like, one hand. And then you get this wide shot. Girl in one hand, helicopter in the other. Crowd of people like in wonder and amazement of this mm -hmm. guy, and you're like, when as a kid I was like, that's who I want to be, mm -hmm. and uh, you don't really get those moments in the DC universe now. No, uh, Superman. I, I recognize when people look at it now that there are things that they point out that that are worth criticizing, but I think that it is a wonderful and consistent interpretation. Yeah. Of the character in this universe. It's not the only way you could make a Superman movie, but it's consistent within itself. Tonally, what they do with, with Lex and and with, with his stoolies and with Mrs. Tessmacher. It's weird, but it fits <laughs> the vibe of the film very well. Absolutely. And it's consistent. Yeah. Uh, and, and interesting. And I like that about it. So I, I really love that movie. Actually, I think it's a masterpiece. I'm using that word a lot today. All right, real quick on this, because uh, we, we are. But cool, Greg, what happens if we go over noon? How's that work? Does that screw up? Does that screw up games daily? Yeah, for the most part, I think that's on Witta. That's Andrew on... Renee's the only one that really cares. All right, we'll that's try to finish on time. Yeah, we'll try to finish on time. We we are babbling here. That's I've let this get out of control. Both yep. you and me are kind of talkers. What? Imagine <laughs> that. Is the chat mad because we're uh, we're because we're talking so much yet? Nah, not really. They don't seem to care too much about the comic book movies anymore. But oh, really? really? So we're that? making them unhappy. That goes for the oh, both man. of us. That's not your conversation, just, you know, in general. Oh, Their right. opinion on what we're talking about. All right, guys. Sorry about that. We, we, didn't, mean to, we didn't mean to burn you here. Okay, we're going to move on real quick. Just going to mention this exists. From The Hollywood Reporter, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston, who last shared the screen in the 2011 comedy Just Go With It, are set to reunite in the ensemble comedy Murder Mystery for Netflix. The feature follows a New York cop as he takes his wife on a long-promised European trip, a chance meeting on the flight, gets him invited to an intimate family gathering on the super yacht of elderly billionaire Malcolm Quince. There's a movie name. When Quince is murdered, the couple become the prime suspects. In a modern-day whodunit, the script comes from White House Down writer James Vanderbilt. Now, I'm, they did point out White House Down, which is disappointing. The guy also wrote Zodiac, so... You know, yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's not Tell like me that. Can't. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, yeah. Real quick, uh, well, the thing is, he wrote Zodiac and he wrote Amazing Spider-Man, but he also wrote White House Down and the Independence Day sequel. Oof. Yeah, so you know, there's some range there, but you know how screenplays work between the time that they're on the page and the time they get to screen, yeah, a lot totally. happens in interpretation. So. Oh yeah, and I mean, here's the truth, is like screenwriters don't control what happens in the movie after the script gets passed off to the exactly. director. Like the truth of the matter is like directors could and often do change lines, change scenes, put their own scenes in when they're shooting and the screenwriter isn't there yep. to say no. That's not how it works. So real quick, when we, when we I mean, Netflix movies not renowned for consistent storytelling quality. True. When we get our, our great ones. 
I mean, we've had a couple, right? right? Did you see Mudbound? Just, just recently, right? Mudbound, yep. phenomenal movie. Uh, Beast of No Nation, phenomenal Which movie. Which I have not seen. Yeah, so good. So we have a few of them out there. Uh, you're right, though. In terms of Netflix original movies, we haven't had a lot of great ones, and certainly not consistently great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, any time these days that I see Adam Sandler's name, I kind of just, I'm, it's, I'm off-put, you know? I don't know what to say about that. You just feel like it's Netflix is or his relationship with Netflix and the product that comes from there. Well, I mean, more power to the guy for having a deal with Netflix because I know that, from what I understand, his movies generate Netflix a ton of money, Mm -hmm. and uh, it seems like a lot of people out there uh, really enjoy Adam Sandler movies. And more power to them. It's not really my style, though. I probably won't go out of my way to watch this. And uh, moreover, it makes me kind of think like. I think we had this discussion in the IGN office at one point, but, like, were Adam Sandler movies ever good? Like, even the ones that you remember being (laughs) very good, was it just because we were at the right time in our life? Because here's my thing. I love The Wedding Singer. Yeah. I watch The Wedding Singer, like, once a year. And even the early comedies, Billy Madison. Oh, I never liked... Happy Gilmore. I I never liked that stuff. I do think think The Wedding Singer is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, And I think that some of his more off-the-beaten-path stuff is is really good, too. Yeah. But I'm not crazy... Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, exactly. That's that's where I went first off. Um, I think he's good. He's got a reputation among a lot of people in Hollywood as being one of the nicer people they've ever worked with. That's good to hear. uh, That's what I heard. Oh, somebody... I'm making someone want to cancel their sub. Please don't cancel. Uh, I just suck. It's it's. Uh, don't blame. Don't don't punish everyone else for my mistakes. Uh, is, that's all I can say there. Uh, moving on. Yeah. Uh, real quick here. Um, Taylor Swift Deadpool hmm. from the rap. Are you sitting down? Okay, good. Because Stephen Glover says you really would have gotten a Taylor Swift centric episode out of his Deadpool animated TV series with his big brother Donald Glover if the two had been able to make it the way they wanted to, that is. And it looks like whatever happened to that storyline definitely was the last straw. That's a quote from the siblings who, along with FX, decided to part ways with Marvel on the show last weekend. So there's already been some stories about this, about how the relationship apparently broke down to some degree or another between these uh, showrunners and the uh, producers at All Etc., the network. I'm real sad about this. I want to live in a universe where the Glovers write a Deadpool episode about Taylor Swift. Yeah, did you read the thing that he posted on Twitter, Donald Glover? I have not read the, the script It's yet. really funny. I've heard it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's like 15 pages total. Yeah. Uh, and it's Deadpool meta, like looking at the camera oh, on yeah. Twitter it's very, and commenting like, on this. Yeah, exactly. It's very meta and it's, you know... I don't know, it just feels so authentic and yeah. great. Like, it makes me wonder, like, I how... You know, a network could have passed on something like that, especially from Donald Glover, who they worked with on Atlanta, and they know it's good, and they know it's a hit. I don't know. <sighs> Netbooks can bad. be very risk adverse sometimes, and mm-hmm. my under- you know my understanding was that they were going to Deadpool was going to look at the camera and call out some very sensitive contemporary issues, mm-hmm. uh, sensitive quote unquote, that might have actually made viewers unhappy. Mm-hmm. Imagine. Something on television being provocative and thought-inducing. Especially from FX, who they have such great programming yeah. and generally, as far as broadcast networks, go further than anyone else. I just kind of thought that they would have had his back on this. But, you know, yeah. what are you going to do? Moving on here. Very, very quickly. No, not very quickly. This one, actually the main event. All right, Sean. Let's, mm-hmm. get, this, let's get down to it here. 
RP Woe. <laughs> Here we go. We got the Kotaku, Kotaku article, what we liked and didn't like about Ready Player One. Um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Or do you want to you do like paper, rock, scissors just for it? Sure, why not? All right. Saishan, boo, junk, and toy. Aiko de show. Oh, uh, you do it a different way. All right. Well, that's okay. okay. We'll one, do it again. two, three, three shoot four. every time. One, two, three, shoot. I'm a simple man. We'll do one, two, three, shoot. Yeah. One, two, three, shoot. One, two, three, shoot. Ah, uh, you're okay. There you go. So wait, does that mean you go you first? You choose. Oh, okay, you, you go choose. first. I can go first. All right. Like Brutus. Yeah. And oh, very good. Brutus and Antony. See, he's Lee's. Watch this Julius Caesar. Mm -hmm. He knows what to do. Yeah. You speak first, you're always at a disadvantage to the guy who comes after. <laughs> who doesn't know is I'm the host and I can cheat and come back around. <laughs> All right, real quick. I hated Ready Player One, a movie that I walked into the theater ready to like. As a matter of fact, as I was sitting there in the uh, pre-release screening, immediately before the movie comes out, I tweet, you know what? I really think I'm going to like this movie. I trust Spielberg. I think he's going to do things, good things with it. He's going to... I, I had read the novel. I found parts of it interesting, and, and I certainly thought it would make an even <clears throat> better movie than it did a book, because I thought a movie could have fixed some of the, well, frankly, lack of characterization that, that's a part of the novel, and could have made the... I'm oh, sorry. Are we going to do spoilers in this? Huh? Are we doing spoilers? Well, we talked about that a little earlier, so we're doing some light spoilers. Should here. I put spoilers on the screen? Yeah, you can put spoilers on the screen if you yeah, want. Just, yeah, let them know. All right, you ready? Mm -hmm. Spoilers on the screen. When are we going to see this here? We're going to see this? I don't know if you see it or not, but it's on the screen. I don't see it, but it's there. All right, yeah. There are some light spoilers here. We'll try and keep it mostly. Yeah, we're going to be we're going to be good. We're not going to spoil too much for you. But I thought that characters that were not especially likable. I mean. The fact is, Wade Wilson in the novel is not a very nice person. So you spend so much time in his head that you maybe don't notice that immediately, uh, but it's not a lot of redeeming qualities to it as a human being. Thought the film would be able to address that, thought they could clean up the messy, nonsensical love story uh, where you have characters that are infatuated with each other for reasons that don't seem to make any sense, acting in ways that don't seem to make any sense, I expected the, I guess the simplest way I can put this is, I didn't laugh, I didn't cry, I didn't get scared, and I didn't care about these people, and the movie seemed to think I should. It just assumed I should in a very unspielbergian way. When these characters were put in peril, I kinda hoped they died. Uh, I was supposed to like three of the major supporting characters, even though I had never really seen anything about their lives that would lead me to be sympathetic. When the love interest is introduced, likewise, she's just like, oh look, I have a tiny physical birthmark. <laughs> obviously no one has ever liked me, even though I'm obviously ridiculously intelligent and thoughtful and full of neat ideas, but now that you're showing interest in me, I guess you're just gonna have to love me now, <laughs> and I'm gonna have to love you and follow you everywhere. I did not like any of that. I loved the ideas behind the referential stuff, the stuff around the second key. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned a film earlier, I won't say which one, mm -hmm. but there's some truly beautiful sequencing mm -hmm. around one of my all-time favorite movies uh, that they literally end up inside. That's the only part of the film that I can remember where I laughed. And even then, only for two minutes tugging mostly at something else I really cared about, and Spielberg obviously did too. This is a movie whose highlight is one of my 
favorite things in the universe. Uh, without spoiling much, the uh, Atari video game Adventure. The Atari 2600 game is a very important part of this movie. Why, I will not explain. But it's, it fe feeds into the, the final act. I love Adventure more than almost anything. I have played Adventure with its creator, Warren Robinette. This I know about you. We have sat down side by side and played this game and talked through it and done Let's Plays. And I, I've had the opportunity to interview him. I used Adventure when I was a teacher in Japan to teach English to my students. We would play it uh, and use it as an English lesson. I have continued to play it as an adult because of its wonderful replayability. I love Adventure more than almost anything. It's, it, it's, it's influence and, and effect on things like The Legend of Zelda and the whole world of console gaming is difficult to overexpress. This is a film linchpinned on one of my favorite things in the world, and I didn't care a bit by the time we got to it. Hmm. Hmm. And that said a lot to me about what I was watching. I just wanted this movie to be over <laughs> when I got That's to harsh, it. man. Yeah, I really hated it. That's my take. If you like referential stuff, I think you'll find better referential things. This movie had the opportunity to do what only Spielberg, Spielberg can. Sign this many licensees onto one, using his power as a producer, using his influence, using that name, getting the widest possible array of different properties to come together and make something very special. He had that chance and it was wasted. And in this age of copyright law where nothing will ever be public domain again, where the kind of legends that led to the Greek myths and the Nordic myths and all the great stories of old can't happen anymore, except in fanfic, that chance was wasted. That makes me sad. Sean Finnegan, your <clears throat> counterpoint. I really liked Ready Player One. I thought it was very fun. It's a great, fun blockbuster. You gotta make sure you're just there to be along for the ride, but once you're there for the ride, it's a fun ride. And I don't think you said anything wrong. Like, I do think the characters are kind of paper thin. I don't think the plot will be super taxing for anyone who isn't 12 years old. Uh, and I do think there are some unearned moments that the film tries to force on the audience. So you mentioned some stuff about the romantic subplot. I, too, was cringing at parts where I won't spoil what happens, but the first time the two main characters meet, mm -hmm. uh, I was like, oh, gosh, like what's going on here, right? Mm -hmm. But ignoring all that stuff, this is a movie made for mainstream audiences. It's a popcorn flick. It's an action flick. And I think as far as that goes, it does a wonderful job imagining these cool VR game-oriented worlds. And I couldn't stop thinking during the movie about our own future. Like, if there was an Oasis-like mm -hmm. state, how Spielberg imagined it is almost exactly how it would be. All of us making our own pop culture references and making properties that we love into our own sort of things, right? Yeah. And I think that that's just a remarkable way of looking at it. One of my big worries about the film going into it was that it was going to be just reference colon the movie, mm -hmm. where all these different properties you know and love show up to make a cameo and then get thrown away for no other reason other than that they wanted to market to people who like those things. I was worried about that. And instead, I was actually pleasantly surprised because, in my opinion, everything that shows up pop culture-wise, reference-wise, cameo-wise does so for some story reason, and it feels like it comes from this place of genuine respect and reverence for pop culture. Like everyone, like the whole story hinges on this idea of 
dissecting and going over every little part of this creator's mind and studying in great depth the things that he loved so that you could gain clues to win the Oasis. And like, that's like kind of a nerd's dream for people like you and me who love pop culture. Mm -hmm. This idea that you could win everything by your knowledge and your, essentially your fandom. And I think that that is a very genuine and authentic feeling thing. And so as long I bought really, I really bought into that, and I liked that about mm -hmm. it. I think you know, in terms of the mechanics of the movie and the plot and the story, you're absolutely right. It's a little thin, but I wasn't going into it expecting Citizen Kane. Well, again, I want to be clear. Now, now I'm cheating, but I didn't find it a little thin. I found it parappa thin. Mm. Like even still, like like tissue paper, molecular thin. Uh, I, I guess yeah. I'll, I'll ask you a question. Yeah, you mentioned popcorn, and I don't. Th I don't think anybody makes better popcorn movies than Steven Spielberg. Uh, this is a guy who made Jaws and Jurassic Park and Raiders of the Lost Ark and E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which are all crowd pleasing movies. With yeah, I wouldn't call those popcorn movies though. You wouldn't call Raiders or Jaws a popcorn movie? I wouldn't call Jaws one. I would oh. call maybe Indiana Jones. Sure. I, I feel like Jaws invented popcorn movies. It is a mm. summer blockbuster. But I mean, to me, the '70s existed in this weird era where popularity and quality were synonymous. So why not keep doing that? Because popcorn. Well, it's difficult. It's more difficult now, right? Yeah, I just felt like this was more Independence Day two. Than oh. Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that's the part that's that's hard for me. I oh. mean, to me, it's not. It's definitely not on Spielbergian levels of like Jaws or Raiders or mm -hmm. you know even Minority Report. Like, it's but it's definitely not like Crystal Skull to me. <sighs> See, I, I I thought this was Crystal Skull levels oh, of bad. Yeah, you're too the harsh, still, man. The stilted dialogue. I could not believe Steven Spielberg made this movie. It was Jurassic mm. Park too bad. Like. To me, I thought that what the imagination and polish that I'm used to seeing of Steven Spielberg existed in those action scenes and in the design of the world. No, the design. You're was right. Beautiful. The storytelling and the characters, but you got to also credit a little bit of the source material there. I haven't read the book, like just mm. to preface okay, this. Okay, I have. Right. Uh, but I don't hear that it's particularly well written. No, but the problem. Like I, on on a, on a couple of occasions, I've heard that it's kind of like the male version of. Twilight, like kind of teen angsty and stuff. The problems with the book would have been extremely easy to fix in this movie. That's mm. the that's the weird part, and they're so glaringly obvious that I'm shocked they didn't bother. Mm. Mm. Uh, it, it, they just would have made it a better, more relatable movie. Again, if I can't care about the people involved, I mean, even the Expendables makes me care about those guys. At least the first one. Okay, hold on. Yeah. I care about them. Don't tell me you rate the Expendables rate higher than Ready, Ready Player, Player One. One. Oh yeah, much rather watch the Expendables in this movie. No, no. Yeah. I've had things come out of my body. <laughs> I would rather watch than this movie. You're too harsh, man. No, I really hated it. Um, I can like not that this is an excuse, but if I was 12 years old and saw this movie, I would be be fucking wild. I'd be like over the moon. And like I don't know, were you sitting anywhere near CJ? Uh, I was above CJ. CJ brought his two kids who are like yeah. 10 and 7 or something like that. And his third kid too who's like 4. I don't know. They're all young. They're yeah. all, anyone below 18 is like the same age to me. But like uh, they were they were over the moon about it. They loved this movie. And it's just like I can't really look at a movie that causes that much joy in a particular demographic and then just shit on it. The 10-year-olds... Well, I think I think it, it crapped on itself. Like I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to take blame for that one. But... Uh, 
Ten-year-olds loved Phantom Menace as well when they were ten. Yeah, I but mean, I mean, that... like, <laughs> you and I have the, you know, you and I have the benefit of perspective. We've seen lots of movies and stuff, and we can sit here and be like, well, this is what we didn't like, and this yeah. is what we did, and why or why not as storytellers. But, like, I don't know, man. Like, I think that there's a lot of people out there who are going to go in there expecting a really fun, inventive movie and get exactly that. Uh, I, that's my problem. I don't think it was inventive, uh, or at least not inventive yeah, but enough. you to... are different than Joe Schmo I'll, out in, you know, whoever, I'll wherever. Put it, I'll put it this way. I, I'm going to paraphrase a critic. I wish I could remember the name that said something about this movie, and I think they summed it up well. This movie won't make you feel like you're 10 years old. Oh, see, I disagree. This movie will make you feel like it's ten years long, and harsh, that's, bro. And I'm with I'm with, harsh. with him on that. Because, like, again, I'm you know I'm 31. I've been yeah. watching movies my whole life. Yeah. And this movie, I think, at some parts, not all of it, at some parts, did make me feel like I was watching the old Amblin Spielberg movies. At some parts, I, man, I loved seeing the Amblin logo come up at the beginning. You know, yeah. there was little flashes. I just felt like they were underutilized. Anyway, thank you for putting up with uh, uh, two old dudes arguing about movies. Appreciate it, Sean. Of course. And yeah. The whole idea behind this, we both wanted to like it. Uh, in this case, you did. I didn't. We can flip around. That we have a lot of you and I have different opinions on a lot of movies. That's one of the reasons I was glad we're here. We used to argue it a lot. So this is fun. I hope, if you choose to go see it, I really do hope you enjoy it. Uh, because just because I don't like something doesn't mean you're not going to. But I do think you should go in with your eyes open and maybe, in, in my opinion, wait for Netflix. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> and uh, that's what I'd say about it. Tips time! All right, let's read some tips. Are we going to do that? Give we going to do it here? second. All right, he's bringing them up. Bringing up the tips. Bringing up the tips again. Throw7 asks, Sean, can you describe what you like about hiking? Oh, what don't I like about hiking, <laughs> Jared? Uh, it's so fun to walk up a giant hill and then have to walk down again. It's what, great. What is, what is that? Th that's it? That's your answer? I don't know. I like being outdoors, man. I like exploring. You guys know me. I shoot a lot. I like to take photos. Follow me on Instagram at Shop by Finnegan. Good shots, too. Uh, thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I like to kind of just go out and explore the world, and I think photography and hiking is a really great way to do that. Excellent. Uh, I also enjoy hiking. Uh, believe it or not, as rotund as I am, I love hiking. Uh, it's for the, most of the same reasons. What? Sorry. Oh, well, did you just did you just start just having let your light shine down? Just a mob All right, that was awesome. Uh, let's see. Viva La Zelda says, Good Friday, Jared. Cool Greg and Sean Hope. Everyone has a great Easter. Sending a fun clip I hope people will enjoy. Is this a fun clip we can play or not? Yeah, I think it looks good enough. I, let's, yeah, okay. let's see what it's about. I don't know if we're... Oh, ah. Yeah, Collective as as, soul As long as this cat. won't get us... Yeah, I, that's, that's what I thought I heard. Here we go. Oh, wait, oh, wait I don't know. Do you guys know something I know about the music? What's that? You know what? We're not playing it. It's, a, it's licensed music, so I'm not sure we'll, we can play it. We'll check it. out. We will check. We'll we check promise we'll watch it afterward. I'm sorry we can't play it on the show. Uh, Serena says, just leaving my birthday tax. Oh, thanks, Serena. I love you. Uh, everything you guys do. I turned 23 today. Happy birthday, and thank Happy you. Birthday. Thank you for the Hobbit birthday, Serena. Yeah, Hobbits give presents on their birthday instead of receiving them. And I think that's really cool, Serena. That is a remarkable piece of liter literary knowledge. Oh, not so. That's just, that's hardly esoteric, Hobbit lore. Let's go Silmarillion. I mean, God, I've read the Silmarillion. I wouldn't know that. Oh, okay. Well, actually, that, yeah. one's, that one's actually in Lord of the Rings. Any others today? No, you're good for right now. All right. Well, I have, thank you, all of you who chose to tip today. I'm sorry I suck. All right, moving forward, ladies and gentlemen, 
P.S. I love this best friend, XOXO. Anonymous shouting out to Chad Flowers and the Kind of Funny Facebook group. This morning, Chad Flowers took a big step and posted about having a returning bout of depression years after he tried killing himself. He admitted he wasn't doing so hot, but I was heartened to see so many best friends join his comment thread and offer the sympathy and support, even with something as small as letting Chad know that he had their love. It makes me proud to see how our Facebook group came together to help give Chad a lift. But it also makes me proud to see Chad open up and share what he was feeling, because that's one of the bravest things anyone can do. Chad, you're not alone. You're a strong best friend for opening up. Hope you start feeling a little better soon, and you keep making progress. Yeah, that's quite a message. Um, this speaks to me as somebody who has dealt with depression most of my life and suicidal thoughts in a very serious way. I do encourage Chad or anyone uh, around him, um, things are bad, ask for help. There are hotlines, there are doctors, there are ways to get better. And there are people there who can help no matter how much it seems like that's not possible. So always, always, always a mental illness uh, or in times of deep depression or difficulty. Seek out medical help uh, immediately. Uh, seek out emergency help if you need to, <clears throat> if, it's, if it's gotten that bad. And don't ever feel like you're burdening your friends and your family and these communities like the kind of funny best friends with these problems. Like it's in times of great struggle when you want to lean on your friends and your family in these communities because they are a really positive force in yeah, people's lives. They really are. <sighs> yeah, so that's uh, that's one right there. We got a giveaway, but first, a message from our sponsor. This episode of Kind of Funny Morning Show is brought to you by Hims, a new wellness brand for men. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to say that 66% of men lose their hair by age 35. For more, look at me. It may be obvious to you that I was not a Hims customer in time. <laughs> I am too far gone. I have lived long with my baldness, and I have come to terms with it. But you don't necessarily have to. You can indeed have a full and flourishing Sean Finnegan-like head of hair. You'd have such pretty hair. That's really you. great. It's Thank marvelous. You. Ladies and gentlemen, if your hair lies slowly receding, starting to move backwards, if you're having bald spots, you look ahead a year and you think, ooh, I'm going to be bald. If you see it popping up, four hymns may very well be the right move for you. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Thanks to science, baldness can be optional. Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. That's right, they get you in touch with doctors, you fill out a medical survey, they, you send pictures in, you contact them, they handle the prescription end of things, they send you what you need to get that hair. Keep that hair, hold on to that hair. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to look like me, you may want to think about contacting Kim's. So, if I can get my staple sheets to work correctly. Oh, look at that, they are stuck together backwards. I told you this was gonna come up. <laughs> Listeners get a free trial for just $5 right now while supplies last. See the website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Once again, listeners get a free trial of Hims for just $5 a day right now while supplies last. So go to hymns.com slash morning show. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S 
hymns.com, for hymns.com slash morning show. For hymns.com slash morning show. You can do something about that baldness if you get to it earlier, and for hymns can help. Check them out. Finally, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for those subs. Oh, wait, no, we got to give something away. Goodness, look at, see, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just sowing the kernels work, of chaos. Jan. You're making it work. I'm stumbling through it. We're already over time, Gary. What is sitting over there? Gary, how grumpy are you? So so. Mediocre, right, mediocre grumpy. <laughs> Today's giveaway is Apex Construct PSVR. That's right, that's Apex Construct PSVR. And the winner is The Lost Oddity from Twitch. Lost Oddity, you have won. Today's giveaway. Congratulations. Joey Noel will contact you about that. Lost Oddity from Twitch. That's right. We give something away here every day on The Morning Show. Come back and find out next time. It's going to be you. Let's talk to those subs. Um, are you going to read subs while we switch? What's up? All right. Don't we, don't we have a subs put the, in the chat for a second just subscribers? Slash subscribers? That's what, uh, that's what uh, Nick told me. That we do that for a second? Oh, is that after the show? I think we got to switch sets. That's when we switch sets. Okay, there's nothing else happening here. All right, I thought we got in a chat with subscribers for a minute. All right, I, I thought that was a thing that's going on here. Okay, can you put that in? Can we pop that up? It's in sub mode now. Yeah, it's in sub mode now. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, we're in sub mode now. Thank you very much. All right, I got people saying hi right now. The room is in subscriber-only mode. Zyger says, I got it. All right, the three and three. Three non-subs and three subs. Zyger got it. There we go. All right, what are we doing here, folks? Making Gary Wood a wait. How long do you want to make him wait? What do you think? Let's, gets... let's be quick about it. Let's be quick about it? Jared, my birthday's this Sunday. Uh, can I get an early birthday shout-out? You absolutely can. The Stoner Sensei. Stoner Sensei, happy early birthday. Happy birthday, man. Happy Easter, happy April Fool's. He's got a lot of things going on that day. There this you Sunday. go. Yeah. He's, he's three for three that day. Congratulations. So much. Happy birthday to you. Oh, what else we got? Yeah, garbage truck on fire. Three of them in a row. Love that. All right. Oh, somebody's nice to me. Jared, you're amazing. Did he talk to non-subs? Did I talk to non-subs? I talked to tips. Am I supposed to talk to non-subs? I don't know what I'm doing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's obvious by now to everyone that I have no business being here. It's well. Where are all that? You're too harsh, Jared. Yeah, let's see. Jared and Sean, you guys are great. Lexi Gunner says. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You guys watch any of these Netflix shows, On My Block, Altered Carbon, or Everything Sucks? You got anything to comment on there? Not yet. Not yet? Sean, what are your thoughts on Infinity War? Oh, man. Super stoked. Who isn't, right? What's that? Yeah? Yeah, I mean... I'm stoked. Watching I'm those trailers, I get literally, like, I get those nerd chills, you know? I'm genuinely worried. Worried? Yes, but it has nothing to do with the direction of the movie in terms of the theme. Like, I love this giant group of people coming together. I worry whether or not it is logistically possible to create a great movie with 40 major characters. It has nothing to do with Marvel. I love Marvel. I just wonder if in two and a half hours if you can do that. While that is a legitimate concern, I will say that no one's in a better position to do it than Marvel. Exactly. So. I'm excited about this movie because it is a monumental moment in filmmaking. No yeah, one, to my knowledge, has ever done anything like this. No. Built up by 20 movies to this one final... I agree. Like, this is... I feel so proud to be, like, a gamer and a nerd right now because we are about to witness the biggest movie ever made happen. And whether or not it ends up being good or bad, you mm -hmm. will have witnessed what is... A phenomenal pop culture moment. Yeah, in film, this is an important moment in film history. I've yeah. got my ticket already. You have yours? I do, yeah. Yeah, all right. Let's see what we got here. 
Uh, you pointed one out, Sean. What was it? Sean, did you see Annihilation? If so, what would you think? Right. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it because that is a film you could talk for weeks about. <laughs> I did see Annihilation. I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, I think Alex Garland is on a roll, man. That guy has written and now directed uh, two, three of my favorite films. You know, I loved Ex Machina. I loved Annihilation. And, of course, I'm a huge advocator of Dread. Oh, yeah. Dread. That was my favorite film of 2012. Dread is the second best version of the Raid Redemption anyone's ever made. See, I love the Raid as well. Yeah. To me, they're two sides of the same sort yeah. of executional coin. Dread's, Dread's neat. I, I, I felt it leaned a little too heavily on the Raid, but I still liked it. Um, and Dread's on stage. I watch that all the time. You seen the Raid Redemption? Oh, uh, you got to watch that. It's a better Dread. Uh, yeah, but again, I'm not going to hear the crap on Dread. It's a good movie. Jared, how far have you gotten on Moon Patrol? Uh, Sector Z, I mean, I'm not very good at Moon Patrol, but I can push my way through. Uh, did I pick up Neverwinter Nights and Ants? Not yet. Did I play it back in the day? I played Neverwinter Nights back in the day, absolutely. Loved it. What else we got here? Uh, hey, we're doing a phenomenal job, says Assassin's Keyblade Z. Are y'all going to be watching WrestleMania? I probably won't, will you? I'm not a big wrestling guy in general, but I know the kind of funny guys are, and they usually make like a big event of it. We'll all come to the studio and watch it here and maybe do a stream along. If that's happening, I'll be here to just be at the party. Yeah. We have gone way over here, but I want to give the subs a little more time. So, uh, hey, Jared, what are your thoughts on pro wrestling? Did you watch any in Japan? I dip in and out of pro wrestling. I come and I go. I kind of follow pro wrestling the way some people used to follow baseball, like with the newspaper. Mm. Never actually watching games, but trying to keep an eye on what's going on. Sure. I sort of follow the pro wrestling like that. Uh, that that's, <laughs> that's how I engage it. And then every now and then I'll pop in. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on pro wrestling. There are things I like about it. There are things I loathe about it. And uh, I think that, that very few things were produced that kind of dichotomous reaction inside me. Uh, did I see any in Japan... I got to go uh, to uh, the Grand Samo tournament once, and that was freaking rad. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, watching, you want to talk about some athletes? Wow! And sumo wrestlers at the professional level, no matter what you think about how big they are, it is. I've stood next to, and just big dudes. People, I mean, people that make NFL linemen look small. That's how big they are. I didn't realize how gargantuan these human beings are, mm -hmm. uh, and yet how quick they can move. All right, so I get in that wrap-up look there. I'm cool, Greg. No, you don't need to be sorry at all. We started a little late. We're finishing a little late. I'm fine with it. We're going to push ahead to the next show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. This was the Kind of Funny Morning Show. Thank you, Sean. Hey, thanks for having me, Jared. It's always a pleasure. And until next time, Secret Style.